0: Welcome to Flock Talk, Flock talk. the Flock podcast where we feature your favorite authors and narrators. Hosted by Craig Hart and Sarah Hannon. Visit us today at PinkFlamingoProductions.com. Pink and now, Flock Talk. Hello, all you happy flockers out there, and welcome to Flock Talk. My name is Craig Hart, and I'm here with my bio-writing co-host, Sarah Hannon. Hello, Sarah.
1: Hello, Craig. Today's bio is very fun because um, I had a nice time Googling our guest.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> and who is our guest?
1: Our guest is Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson is a conservative congressman from Louisiana. <laughs> Weighing in at 202 pounds, he also plays NHL, NHL hockey for the St. Louis Blues. After appearing as a contestant on season 15 of The Bachelorette and being eliminated by Hannah, he took his turn as The Bachelor on oh, season 6 of Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> now he works as the executive producer at Fireside Audio, a division of Pink Flamingo Productions. Welcome, Mike.
2: That's beautiful. All right, those now now I'm going to do
1: another one because um, <laughs> just in case Craig get chickens out and we can't use that one. Mike Johnson is an audiobook narrator and an engineer, and also the executive producer at Fireside Audio, a division of Pink Flamingo Productions. Welcome, Mike.
0: Thank you. I like the other one better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was very pleased with it myself.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, welcome, Mike. We've been meaning to have you on, so thanks for making time in your clearly very busy schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so, you it's know it's how... been
2: a long time in the making, I feel like. Uh, Sarah been...
0: Puckett It is cracking the whip. That's what she does. She does. <laughs> so, speaking of that, tell us a little bit about the relationship between PFP and Fireside. How does that all work and what does that mean?
2: Basically, I tell everyone who asks Pink Flamingo um, basically handles everything romance and everything romance. So, Fireside was acquired just a little over a year ago. Uh, it was Fireside Horror at the time. And then we it, and changed it to Fireside Audio, um, and we basically will handle just about everything else. So all the thriller, suspense, mysteries, um, sci-fi, fantasy, space operas, pretty much covers everything else except for the, the non-fiction and the general fiction stuff that falls under
0: Northern Lake Audio. So the darker stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the darker stuff. I actually got an email from a narrator the other day asking if I was going to, uh, have any auditions coming up for not so dark stuff? Not.
1: Did you just write back?
2: Sign. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't. I don't. You think could I quote the Magic
1: s- Eight Ball. Sources yeah. say no.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, unlikely. I, I don't think I actually responded because um, I just re- I just posted the uh, the the epic fantasy stuff. So I'm like, there you go.
0: Well, can you walk us through the recording and production process for an audiobook like for example starting with this I guess how long does it typically take to produce an audiobook through fireside
2: uh, so we try to aim for the uh, eight weeks after recording has started that's been the mm-hmm. the bar set by the boss um, doesn't always hit sometimes we're early too so it helps depends on the narrator a lot you know with their uh, schedules and you know, life mishaps and what have you. So,
0: what are some of the like the, the steps? I think, you know. Like an author sends her book into some like Pink Flamingo or Fireside or Northern Lake and then like magic happens behind the scenes and presto, there's an audiobook. but there's a lot of steps behind the scenes. Like what does the the process look like? There's
2: an easy bake oven involved. (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the author will submit a book if whether we reached out to the author or they reached out to us to want to produce, we figure out which way we want to go with it, whether it's production or uh, publishing track. Um, And the main differences there are production track, it's basically money out of pocket for the author, and they keep their rights. Publishing, we take the rights. Um, It can still be a little money out of pocket depending on what tier the author wants, and the tiers change from how much royalties they receive. You know, we look over the book, make sure it's something we want to produce, and once that's approved, then we get some paperwork done with the author, they will give us character notes and information, an audition script, the manuscript, um, and then we will put that all together in a nifty little folder and create the audition. The audition gets sent out to our roster. The narrators will send in their auditions. The producers will review them, pick the best you know, five, seven, eight, however many, send those to the author to choose their favorite. Once that's done, um, then we uh, start recording. We let the, author, the narrator know, hey, you're it. And they start going. Uh, And then it goes to posts. Posting, post team consists of proofing and then editing and mastering. Uh, And then once that's done, the magic happened. I think that's about it. Then it goes to marketing. And
0: when speaking about marketing, like I may be somewhat biased, but as I'm looking (laughs) at Fireside or Pink Flamingo versus other places, it does seem like we have a more a partnership, I guess I would say, with the author, as opposed to just producing their work and then off you go. Yeah, is that a definitely. fair assessment?
2: Yeah, it definitely is. I think it's um, you know we, are I think we're, we're more in contact with the authors. We we talk more and create more, like you said, a relationship, and then work together on the marketing. You know, we'll do our thing with the the, the book tours through all the different social media sites, um, and the authors are doing theirs as well. I want to say for the like the the bigger publishers, you don't really see so much of that. They might make a post or on a newsletter, but then that's mm-hmm. about it. I, I feel like,
0: yeah, I, you know, and I've seen posts even from other narrators uh, recommending that you know narrators do not spend any time, even in our case, a production company promoting the book just to move on to the next one, just you know, for the bottom line. And for me, especially if you're doing royalty share, why wouldn't you yeah. promote? Right.
2: Yeah, I've I've seen that take too in the groups, and I don't necessarily agree with it. I guess. I mean, yeah, I
1: think that there there's not really much <laughs> bad that can happen if you just say like, "Hey, I have this new book out." <laughs> People who want to hire you are going to see that you promote the work. It might help your
2: future works. You know? If you're
1: if your author googles you and is like, "Oh yeah, they they post their work on their website, on their socials, on their Insta, and the whatever." Moving back, you mentioned that you choose uh, the five to seven best auditions. How do you, what qualities do you look for in those auditions?
2: Um, So when I'm doing it, uh, you know, I've got the character notes from the author. You know, that's what they want this character to sound like, or that's their attitude and what have you. But I know I'm going to hand this off to the author to choose. It's their baby. They got the voices in their head for years or however long it's been. So I do my best but primarily i'm listening more of a uh, with a technical ear i want to make sure that the audio we're hearing isn't all boomy or echoey or you know that it's good audio and then there it comes kind of i don't know, it's a catch-22 because we're asking them in the uh, auditions to send us mastered audio but then when they record the book we want their raw audio so sometimes their mastered stuff is going to sound a whole lot different obviously than their raw stuff so you don't know but with a practice here, I think you can get a generally good idea that they're mastered stuff, how it's going to sound raw anyway, because if it's really bad raw and they try to clean it up, you're going to know. You're, <laughs> you're, you're going to know.
1: Because they suddenly <laughs> sound like they're standing in a tin can.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so when I'm listening to the auditions, I'm kind of more of, like I said, technically or making sure it's good, and then I'll send those off. And also that sound close to what the, char- the characters are supposed to sound like, for instance, a book we we auditioned for recently, it was all Georgia accents. And it was the first line in the audition I said about the characters. And I got some with no accent, just general American. I even got one with a British accent. <laughs> so, you know, skip. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You, you can't follow the simple instructions right Yeah, I was going to say, so
1: what you're saying is, as a narrator, it's important to read the spec? <laughs> yeah. Huh.
2: Read the spec. Read what? the book. Read the you know. You know what's the, hmm. Hmm. What the okay. hell?
1: Okay, that's a novel idea. <laughs> uh, I'm going to write that one down for me.
2: <laughs>
1: when you're when you're filling out your roster, which is a slightly different question, what qualities do you look for in narrators that are going to join you to um, receive those auditions?
2: Kind of the similar similar qualities uh, that I'm listening to in the auditions. I want to make sure that their audio samples are clean. Um, again, we're not sounding like we're in a in a box. Uh, well, I'll check their website out, which is usually where I'll find their other you know, samples. Um, I'll check Audible and see like how many books they have.
0: You mentioned earlier um, submitting the raw audio, obviously, for a project that they're recording. What is raw audio? <laughs>
2: From voice to microphone to me, that's it. I don't, no processing, no de-clicking, de-breathing, d de- de- nothing just pure audio from your voice, your mouth, to the mic, to us.
0: You and I are both editors who do some work for Pink Flamingo and Umbrella Companies, but we see a lot of stuff, narrators turn in stuff that clearly isn't raw audio. Yeah. And a lot of them, when we ask about, say that, yes, it is raw audio. And it makes me wonder if maybe there are stacks that were built, that they are running, that they don't consider, you know, yeah, as impacting the audio, but it actually is. Why is it important for them to submit the actual raw audio to us?
2: A lot of times, narrators aren't as well versed in the editing and mastering side of things. So sometimes they, they'll, they'll think they're doing their best, and it's kind of not really within spec, so we, we can't use it. Um, but also, uh, you know, we've got our own specifications we want to look for and attain, so if they're if they're doing that and they're editing or mastering processing their audio and we get that a lot of times you can't go back you can't you can't roll that back you know we we've got you you de-clicked everything and so so harshly that it's knocking off all the ks
0: you know in in your audio mm.
2: I can't put those back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. I mean that. I mean that's the thing. I, I, when we get it, we run stacks too, and if we run a stack on something that's already been. Run stacked. <laughs> that's an, an official sound term now. Really car- yeah, it to Don, Don Barnes. <laughs> 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 the RX unrun stacker. There you <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: the
0: right, well, the we RX had that that oops fixer. Yeah. <laughs> the oops.
2: The oops button. Well, I would love that. Well, that's Control or Command Z. That's the oops. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but not if you've received it.
2: If it's quote, already done. raw yeah, from. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, but you, you know. What,
2: you, you mentioned uh, getting, you know, narrators are running recording with the stack already going. We've had that, like I had that, and you and I have figured it out. And I'm not going to name the narrator because I can't remember who it was, so it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but when I spoke to them, it was it was a you know stack on there. Not that it was bad, but the point was we asked for raw audio, and but the narrator didn't even realize it that that's what that's that was.
0: Right. You know. Yeah. You I, know? I I I think most of them are being honest when they say. It's raw because they think it is. Yeah. Um, I would love, I I think it's great, like, you know, various engineers can set up these stacks for people, but I think it'd be great if they started doing two. One, if they're going to submit themselves to a client, say, through ACX and something else, nothing, when they submit to production (laughs) houses. like It's the the
1: placebo stack.
0: Yeah, exactly. It just looks like stuff,
1: but it's nothing. Nothing's
0: running, but it's not. (laughs) I think that would be great, or at least when they set it up, they make it clear that if it they're asking you for raw turn this turn off and off. show them how to do it. Yeah.
1: You said punch and roll mm-hmm. before. Um, can you tell us what punch and roll means we need for raw recordings as far as that goes? Does that make sense? You know what it means. I do, but we have <laughs> listeners. I know. I know. Okay.
2: <laughs> so punch and roll recording PNR is not paranormal romance. It is where you're recording, you're recording, oh, I made a mistake. You drop back in, you get, a, you get a rollback of you know five, six seconds, and then it plays that bit so you can get back into your groove, and then it starts recording again. So what happens is anytime you make a mistake, or you got a stomach gurgle, or your dog's licking its hole in the corner over here. <laughs> That's a bit of an inside joke from a conversation this morning. Um, <laughs> you punch, you roll back, and you start over recording again. Um, and then that helps give a cleaner form of audio to your, your producer. And this is an audio version, right, of the podcast. Sarah's just shaking her head at me.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so another method that some narrators use is um, the clicker method, right? The
2: clicker method, yeah. Now, so- does,
1: that, does the clicker method jive with raw audio? And um, how, how does one get it to jive with raw audio if it does not?
2: so for us emphatically it does not jive um well there is an exception when we record duet we do ask the narrator to use a click or some sort of sound where their partner's dialogue would be placed on the file but everything else no i don't want we don't want no clicks in there and if you are a clicker then remove them before you send us the audio
1: so you don't want alternate takes of lines and you don't want any click noises in. You just you, you want no flubs. You just that, want... Yeah, it, correct. So if they do the clicker method, you want it submitted as though they punched in instead.
2: Correct, correct. yeah. You can fool us there, you know. Okay. <laughs>
1: so feel free to use the clicker method, but you're going to have to go back and do some work.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I first started narrating, I, I, I learned that way, punch and roll. That's how I learned. So it wasn't... It wasn't an issue with me for me to switch. You know, I, I seen a lot of like Facebook uh, posts at the time because I guess it was sort of a new thing when I got in like punch and roll. I, I don't know that it was. The, I mean, the way people acted like it was relatively new or maybe it was just new to all of them, I I guess.
0: Yeah, I started out with the clicker method um, and I feel like audition didn't use that, which I use, used and still use, didn't used to have a native it did not PNR. And then, so if you want, I mean, Travis Baldry like, yeah. made a, a script that you could run for it. But if you didn't have that and you use Audition, you're kind of out of luck. Right. They've since put that in. so Yeah. And that's, that's and I that's again
2: so. where I got lucky. Cause when I first started narrating, Travis just came out with that, that extension for Audition. So mm-hmm. I, I still use it even uh, with the native one. Now I still use Travis's cause when they first brought out the uh, native one, I didn't like it since then i guess people say it's way better now they've fixed it from when it first came out but
1: i was very self-taught early on and i i didn't even use the, i didn't even use a clicker i just started over and then started over and then you know so oh, editing everything took oh, me forever because so i was also doing it all myself and it was Oh, <laughs> i'm glad those days are gone
0: well that wraps up all the main questions we have for mike but we do have a little segment that we'd like to call Hot Six. Mike, you ready for this? Oh, bring it on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up, listeners. It's time for Hot Six.
0: Question one What is your personal favorite book genre? Lit RPG.
2: Question
1: two What would be your dream narration project?
2: Oh, boy. Man, I don't know. I never really gave thought to that one. Uh, I I guess just some, you know, some big old. I'd have to go lit RPG series that would land me, you know, in everybody's ear holes across the across the world.
1: Now, can you explain um, what lit RPG means?
2: Uh, it's it's a literary, I believe, literary role playing game. Um, so what that genre is, I feel like it's relatively newish. I mean, newish in like the last ten years. Think Ready Player One. Like everyone's probably seen the movie or know something about it. So any, anywhere, anywhere, um, there are game elements or game type uh, elements to the story uh, where it can be characters are in a deep dive, fully submersion VR world. Mm-hmm. Right? They basically go into a pod and they consciousness is in the game and they're running around living the game. You know, uh, Sword Art Online was an anime that's popular that is basically lit RPG. Um, or game lit is another term.
1: So, um, is there a choose your own adventure element to it?
2: No, not necessarily like that. Um,
1: <clears throat> Clearly, I've read lots of these.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, like I said. So, like, so the main character he is either playing a video game of. A vr game of some sort where they have um you know they're, they're leveling their characters they're earning new skills and powers and you know going on their quests and talking to npcs and and what have.
1: okay you. so they're they're talking about their like, their hit points and their
2: yeah stats yeah. and 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 generally it's like the character sees like an overlay in front of them like mm-hmm. of their menus you know they can go through and they're like okay i'm gonna put a some points into this power and raise this one up and you know that kind of stuff um and then there are other stories where it's not a video game it's just the nature of the world the characters
1: so i took my level seven broadsword and sliced yeah. off his head
2: yeah yeah i mean like you know the you'll go and um you level up you know all of a sudden a message appears in front of the character you've leveled up and you have this much points to spend on your abilities or your attributes and that's the way of life for these characters they don't hmm realize it's anything different
1: i'm gonna have Uh, to listen to one of these (laughs) um, a lot of people do them i've never done one
2: yeah no it's it's fun especially if you're into gaming you know it's kind of yeah it's very much a gaming gamer genre and it's got their own tropes too like a lot of especially in the audiobooks so in the um actual books novels or ebook whatever there's gonna sometimes there's gonna be a whole page or two of the characters character sheet and it's gonna list all their stats and as a narrator you gotta list all that off you know, strength 42, dexterity 55, five points of dex gives you this much critical damage, you know, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it can go on and on and on. So a lot of that doesn't translate well into audio, but then you got narrators out there like Jeff Hayes and sound booth theater who have completely just gone on their own way with things and, and made a huge success with the lit RPG and, lit rpg is also probably the or one of the only genres in audiobooks that it's acceptable to put sound effects in like i did one for spectrum every time the character leveled up there was a little little midi sound plays you know because that book was called uh eight bit bastards so it was eight eight bit video game world <laughs> yep. so it was all you know old retro sound effects it was pretty cool you know
0: all right question number three looking back over your entire lifetime what is your most embarrassing favorite song?
2: Embarrassing favorite song. So, you know, that's very hard for me to single out because. There's so a many. Band, yeah. Well, being in a band, being a DJ, I've, <laughs> I've heard a lot. <laughs> um, I, the first one that comes to mind is Barbie Girl. Maybe. In a Barbie world? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 yeah.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, but like another go-to fun one. I don't know, if it's an embarrassing one, but I me and a buddy, we always uh karaoke. We'll we'll do some Backstreet Boys. Nice. Yeah. All
1: right, question 4. Name some place you've never been but you really want to visit. New Zealand. Good answer. That's I'll go with hap-
0: you. Well, we're
2: planning it.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Question number 5. What is the best concert you've ever been to?
2: Uh, so I haven't, and this is weird being in a band and DJ and whatnot, I haven't been to a lot of concerts, but the ones I have been to, it's a toss-up between uh, when Guns N' Roses played at the uh, Soldier Field a few years ago, um, and that was probably just for nostalgia reasons. It was awesome. Old, old man Axel was hauling ass back and forth across the whole end zone, and he didn't miss <laughs> a beat. That dude, he still had his pipes. I was impressed.
1: Now Soldier Field is where the Bears play, right?
2: Correct. <laughs> uh, and then probably the other one that was one of my more fun ones is um this band uh and I and I feel like they're a midwest band I don't think they really go far uh it's called here come the mummies they're a full-on 10 piece funk band I mean we're talking you know saxophones trumpets trombones and then you know your usual electric guitar bass drums bongos and congos and trying they got everything right full-on <laughs> piece but they're all they're all dressed like mummies. <laughs> So you've never seen their faces, like, and and it's all blues and funk. And then all their songs are just complete innuendos, dirty innuendos <laughs> that you can play on the radio. <laughs> uh, in fact, I'm going next weekend to see them. They're playing here in town or nearby. They're fun because of all that. And also they play at smaller venues like a house of blues and things like that where it's kind of like a general just standing room their mm-hmm. type place, you know. And instead of walking out on stage when they come out, they come through the crowd doing a drum line, and they're high-fiving everybody, and, you know, so it's fun.
1: Number six, what is one thing you wish you could uninvent? Poof, it no longer exists, and it never did.
2: Uninvent. <laughs> the warning labels for stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, I leave that agree. in? Or should I say, should I say something No,
0: nice? <laughs> I'm leaving it. I love it. <laughs> I agree with it.
2: Caution: Contents may be hot.
1: Oh, I thought you meant like the labels you stick on a stupid person. I was like, I've never seen those. I think someone should we invent need those, those, those too. Yeah, oh, but, man, maybe we didn't yeah. make that. That's a thing you invent, not uninvent.
0: No. Yeah. I would go through like reels of those things. <laughs> it's like slap. You get a. You get. A, or, as yeah. or we're saying, or you get a stupid sticker. Yeah. You get a, <laughs> uh,
1: You leave this on for one week until you think about what you've done. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that's all for us today. Mike, thanks so much. This was great. This was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Thank you. you, See everybody. If you should dare, bring me back. You've been listening to Flock Talk, Talk. the podcast where we feature your favorite authors and narrators. Hosted by Craig Hart and Sarah Hannon. This podcast is produced by Pink Flamingo Productions. Productions. Editing by Craig Hart. Visit us today at pinkflamingoproductions.com.